The Oak Tree Project started about 10 years ago. Just a handful of students and few of the mentors. And this project started with hopes to change the narrative of what usually happens when orphans become 18. Every year, hundreds of orphans turn 18 in the city of Seoul, uh, in, in the nation of Korea. And when they, to, when they do turn 18, they have no choice but to move out of their orphanages uh, to live on their own with very little support or no support at all. For most of these orphans, pursuing a higher degree or finding a safe employment is simply not a reality, which leads to many experiencing depression, suicidal thoughts, and really opening them up to extremely vulnerable situations. So Oak Tree Project was launched to be an advocate and to change that very narrative. Currently, Oak Tree Project has 28 students on their program, and so far, 37 have graduated through their program. They accepted 12 new students as their 10th class in the coming year, in 2023. The vision for Oak Tree Project comes directly out of the passage we find in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. The very words that which were on the lips of Jesus in Luke 4. In fact, Jesus marks the beginning of his ministry, messianic ministry, by reciting the very passage in Isaiah 61. Luke tells us in that passage, Jesus having read this passage out loud, the words in Isaiah 61, he said these words. Today, this scripture, Isaiah 61, has been fulfilled in your hearing. So friends, this was the purpose of Jesus' ministry, grace personified, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, as it stated in Isaiah 61. Throughout Old Testament scripture, uh, this idea to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor comes, comes up over and over again. And really, it, it's God's way of ensuring, it's God's way of making sure that Paul was taken care of. Debts were forgiven and slaves were set free. So every seventh year and every fiftieth year, what we read in Isaiah 61 was always God's heart for humanity. Yet, when we look at scripture, Israel continues from the beginning of their birth, throughout their history, they fail to celebrate the year of Jubilee, the fiftieth year that God has set apart and, and to set those that are captive free, to forgive debt, to set slaves free. None of that happened ever. Why? It's because the people with the power possessed the money. And when they looked at what this celebration of Jubilee would cost, what God desired from his people would cost, they decided against it. So the trumpet of Jubilee never sounded in the nation of Israel. The year of Lord's favor was never proclaimed by his people as God had wanted. And, and prophets continued over and over again, continued to challenge the rich and condemn those who continued to ignore the poor. Yet throughout their history, no king ever stood up. No king had come close to fulfilling this call this promise that is until that very day in Luke chapter 4 in that Nazarene synagogue Jesus opened the scroll 
of Isaiah 61 and proclaim these words. So two things quickly. One, this is what Jesus came to do for us. Let's talk about that. You see the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed, the people that Isaiah is speaking about. This is not just some of human conditions, but actually it's all of it. Jesus in Luke 4, as he reads Isaiah 61, is speaking about all human conditions. And he says, I came to do, I came to establish the very thing the humanity has failed to do. I came to call Jubilee, not just to the nation Israel, but to all nations, to all peoples. And really, as Jesus reads Isaiah 61 and says, this scripture has been fulfilled in Luke 4, what he is saying is, what you have failed to do for yourselves and for others, I came to do it. All the debt, all those who are under the influence of Satan, all those who cannot see, all those who cannot hear, I've come to set you free. I've come to help people see with clarity. And friends, that's the promise of gospel, isn't it? The gospel is that Jesus, the Son of God, the God himself, took on the cost. It's the year of Jubilee, year of the Lord's favor, the, the Jubilee came at a great cost. In fact, any time a debt is forgiven, there's always a cause that needs to be absol absolved. This is just reality. When you forgive someone of their debt, there's a cost to be absolved. And, and, and isn't this the most scandalous claim of the gospel that you and I, we don't have to pay for our own debt. We don't have to earn our way to our own freedom. Jesus did that for us. Jesus took on the debt. He took on our bill, our sin, and our shame and set us free. He proclaimed the ear of Lord's favor for each of us. So what this means, friends, is that everything we currently have in our lives, we owe it to Christ. You see, the lie or the mistake we, we make, perhaps on a daily basis, to assume that we deserve the life that we currently have. Your job, your salary, your home, your car, your friends, you fill in the blank. Friends, what Jesus is speaking about in Isaiah 61 is a sobering reminder that everything we possess today, everything we enjoy in life, everything we have in life is a mere gift. We have these things because Jesus incurred the cost. We cannot have what we have today. We cannot enjoy the life that we have today. Right? If Jesus did not come, if Jesus did not take on our debt, our sin, our bill, our shame. And I, and I think this is what, what it truly means. When we hear the sentiment of life being a gift, right? This is a, a very popular, well-known sentiment. You see it on wall decorations and posters that life is a gift. Well, well only by seeing life through the lens of the gospel we can truly see, we can truly understand what it means that a life that we have, it is a mere gift. And friends, it's a gift for us not simply to be enjoyed, but to share, 
to, to give, to give away to those who are also in need. Here's the second, the final observation. Second observation. So first was, this is what Jesus came to do for us. And second one, this is what Jesus desires from you and I. Isaiah 61, Luke 4, is not what only Jesus came to do for us, but this is the very thing that Jesus desires from you and I, from the church. We say it here at King's Cross over and over again, that church is not a building. You've heard it numerous times, that church is not a mere building. Church is the people of God, the people of God called together to champion those who are in need, those who are living in poverty, those who are struggling physically, spiritually, emotionally, those who are enslaved physically, spiritually, emotionally, those who are blind and oppressed and cannot see and cannot move and cannot speak. So this is why it's a no-brainer for us to move our Sunday service here in the park so that we can participate in this wonderful run. You see, all the scholarship students of Oak Tree Project, they were here today. They participated in the run. They were volunteering today. And, and, and J.M., John Michael, who's the, the director of Oak Tree Project, the, the main guy, he told me one of the best things about Oak Tree Project, Oak Tree Run every year is not really about raising funds. They can raise funds in other ways. He, he told me it's these students who grew up with no one in their corners, who grew up feeling completely alone and abandoned, who grew up feeling like no one cared. They come out here and they see foreigners, they see kids, they see families, hundreds of people, strangers coming out to run among them. And this event every year is a wonderful reminder to these students that they have people in their corners, that people who are championing them, they have people that care, that want to see them succeed. In fact, what we did today in a small way by participating in this run, a very small way, we have proclaimed the year of Lord's favor. Friends, if we are willing, if we say yes to God on small things like this, this God can always use us to proclaim the year of Lord's favor. We, we think proclaiming the year of Lord's favor is these big, giant moves. No, it starts and mundane, it starts in these small obediences to, to, to come on a cold Sunday to join those people that God loves and remind them that they're not alone. Amen? It is such a privilege to be able to join in on the run. Uh, I want to share some prayer requests this week. I messaged John Michael and I just asked for a few prayer requests concerning the project and um, just coming next year as they celebrate their 10th year. Uh, three prayer requests. This, these were directly from the team. One is they ask us to pray for students uh, and their hearts to open to God, um, not only to God, but to their mentors and for them to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
they were able to baptize a student a few, a few weeks ago, and that was an amazing thing. And so we want to see more students come to know Jesus and be baptized through this project. Second, let's pray for their staff and mentors, the new mentors that will be joining in 2023. Let's pray for wisdom as they lead and care for the students, that they would God would continue to provide them with energy, with wisdom, with passion and zeal. Uh, and, 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 and maybe final prayer request and maybe something you, you, you can pray, pray for is they're looking for more mentors, especially male mentors who can commit to, to a season, uh, you know, being set up one-on-one with these scholarship students. Um, and if you are open to that, please uh, log on to their website or you can even talk to myself or any of our staff and we can get you set up. Um, so church, let's pray. Let's celebrate.